Thanks for doing what you got to do to do. Uh, stay tuned for uh, Fuck Off. This is the sound of music, musical curiosity, bitch. Um, what's going on today? Many good things. All as right. Usual. As usual. Um, yeah, try to uh, wash your hands a lot and um, and be kind to those and around you and um, help those who are less uh, uh, fortunate than yourself. And... Uh, and we can make it a better place, right? Like 
listening to Mutiny Radio. Coming up next is Women's Magazine with Global Val, so please stay tuned.
everyone. Welcome to Women's Magazine here. MutinyRadio.fm. Fucking San Francisco. Merry fucking Christmas. This is Free Speech Radio. I don't swear that often, even though I could. But you know what? Hey, you know what? It's the holidays, so tis the season. I'm going to play you some music today. I'm going to be playing them pretty much uh, all day here on Women's Magazine and also on Common Thread Collective. This is off of a really cool album, a holiday album, from a local brass trio called Lip Service. I'm headed up by trumpeteer Aaron Priscorn and friends uh, Audra Loveland on French horn, which is a very tricky instrument to play. It's one of those loopy ones. And Matthew de Pasquale. So uh, here we go, the Lip Service Brass Trio Halliday album, um, Carol of the Bells, of course, Bell Carol. I'll be right back. This is Global Val, by the way. Merry fucking Christmas.
You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. I'm David Stolowitz. Welcome to Getting Sketchy, weekly workshop time for free here in the Deep Mission District, where nobody will find you. <laughs> I'm here in the studio performance space with Faco, legendary South Bay comedian, storyteller, improver, musician. He does it all, folks. We're, we're going to be here for the next two hours, working on lots of different stuff, being all productive and shit. Please join us, and uh, I'll get some music going for you. Stay tuned.
check. Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Uh-oh. Mic problems, that's not cool. Well, I better figure that out. Check one, two, one, two. Six, seven, eight, nine.
Mic check. One, two, one, two. Mic check. Okay. I thought she cared. Mic check. One, two, three, four, What did five. she do or say that gave you that impression? It's the way she talked to me. Whoa! That's better. I guess it got unplugged or something. Anyway. Yeah. You missed my whole beautiful self-serving story! But that's a good topic for today. Let's talk storytelling. Paco, you want to join me? All right. Not yet. Here. Uh, what about... Hello, hello. Yeah, that's it. I'm here. Good deal. Yeah, man. Let's talk about it. Dude. All right. Let me turn that down just a bit. I mean, you can talk about this is comedy in a way right now. It is. The it mic, is. Is the mic working? Right? Yeah. So in comedy, you know, you can find it in every situation. Um, storytelling is a little bit different, though. Nicole Tran, um, she hit me up the other day. We met at Morgan Hill Library. We're going over it. And... Uh, with storytelling shows, the aim is not necessarily to be funny. That can be helpful, but only if it focuses on your story and your theme. If it distracts from it, even if you get laughs, the storytellers in charge will say, hey, hey, this isn't for comedy, knock it off. Which is what happened to me the other night at Sweet Bar Bakery in Oakland. Um, so I was supposed to judge for uh, Story Slam Oakland, Julie Soler's show, uh, which is once a month. And... Um, I was totally pumped. I was looking forward to it. She had said, be there at 7. And that was like when my car started dying. So I had to arrange to pick up my dad's car to replace it. And uh, he wasn't going to be home until a certain time. And then on top of it, there was all this traffic on the freeway. By the time I got the car in Santa Clara and headed up to Oakland, there were two accidents on the 880. Right. So I missed half the show and I lost the judge seat. She sent somebody else up. Luckily, though, I did get called into the open mic. So she drew my name from the hat. I was like the fourth open micer. And I went up to do a five-minute set. And, uh, you know, the theme was Love Bites. So I had plenty of material. But during my set, I got into really dark places just getting things off my chest, which felt good. It's different. Like at the end of a story set... You don't necessarily feel the elated high of comedy, but it's more just like a quiet relief. Like, I've been heard. Thank God. And you, you do feel better, though. It calms your, your nerves. It gets rid of stress. But I had been going into a comedy set in the middle because I was covering all this heavy stuff. And I guess I just started feeling like, oh, I'm getting too dark. I need to lighten it with some comedy. But even though it was kind of gay-related, it wasn't really about me and Og and the subject material. So I got called out for that. Now, Faco, you know about The Moth, right? I've heard about the storytelling, yes, the series. The Moth is the biggest and probably the most popular storytelling podcast in the nation. Um, it's based out of San Francisco, but they have a satellite in Oakland, Berkeley, too. Um, the guy that runs it is Corey Rosen. Nice Jewish name. Uh, <laughs> I might be distantly related to him, even. I have a Rosen in my background. Oh, oh. Yeah. Woo. 
At first I thought he was my fourth cousin, but that was a different Corey Rosen, who was gay in the closet and decided the way to deal with this was to join the Israeli armed forces. <laughs> Good luck as a court. Get out of this situation. Yeah. Nobody will think I'm gay now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hit the showers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Okay, all right. So, yeah, um, when you do storytelling, comedy is incidental, not critical. So that's the first lesson, especially for comedians. If you get invited to a storytelling show or you have the opportunity, you can do a funny story, but you do not have to. The, the point is to be interesting. So you may be... You may make people laugh. You may make people cry. Yeah, I mean, you could go totally sad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh, and that's valid. That's still valid. You know what I'm saying? One of my criticisms I got first few years of comedy was that I wasn't doing comedy. I was doing storytelling. So in the beginning, I was mixing them up. And people rightfully criticized me. That Kyle used to tell me, this is great still. Let's have some punchlines. <laughs> 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 so um, it was good to finally start to find some venues because... Art Boutique was really where I began doing storytelling. I could just feel it. I think I came there with maybe you and Zugnoni one night, and um, I just loved the place on principle because I'm into graphic novels anyway. I loved the feel of it, and then I just started going into stories. I, I started getting things off my chest. And I've been doing that at Woodham's, but it was distracting, and that's mm. how I got that reputation of being not that funny, even if I was interesting. So the two different aims, two different arts, don't try to force them together. That, oh. That's the first one. Do you get do you and do you feel like you like storytelling better or comedy stand up? Not better, but it's different. I like storytelling because it's a relief for me and I feel like there's things that I need to say and I don't always feel like wrapping them in jokes in order to get them across. Um I've been told before, like in Santa Cruz, that you're funny when you want to be. And when I don't want to be funny, a storytelling set is great. Because I don't have to be. Right. Yeah. You don't have to be. Mm-hmm. You know? You don't have to be. And then, uh, it, there's a lot of pressure off of you. You know? That's a, that, that's a lot of pressure off. It is. Where you have to be funny. And you have to come up with a joke. And you have to uh, yeah. make sure everyone understands the premise. Or, you know, everything is translated before that could hit. You know? Exactly. So, the storytelling. I like storytelling. It's fun. I did your storytelling show in uh, Morgan Hill. That's right. Yeah. And we had a good time there. Um, I did a Burning Tale before. It's not around no more. It was hosted by Mighty Mike McGee. Yeah, I did that one too. Yeah, the yeah. poet laureate of Santa Clara County. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's cool. And sometimes I don't care. Sometimes I go to an open mic and I'm just going to do a story. Even if there's no funny things. You know, sometimes I just want to talk about something. Yeah. It reminded me of something, you know. I don't do it generally at showcases, but open mics, oh, hell yeah. Especially at a mixed mic. Yeah, mixed mic especially. It's my time now, you know? Yeah. I want to talk whatever I want. If I want to talk about a rat orgy for five minutes, then let's go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It don't matter. So, anyways. Um, but it's nice. It's nice. And, um... Uh, are you thinking you're blowing up another story show coming up or what? Yeah, I'm going to produce more. I got one here at Mutiny Radio that's coming up next month. It's Saturday, March 17th. 
8 to 10 p.m. It's part of our Friends of Mutiny series where we fundraise to keep the station afloat. And so Pam does not have to dip into her savings. Oh. <laughs> That's good. You help out. You it is. Yeah. We bring in some good money and people there. You can listen to the Friends of Mutiny as a podcast on Apple um, it's available now, and uh, lots of different shows that different people have produced are on there. We got music, comedy, storytelling, um, women's issues, and uh, speakers—just great material. Yeah, man. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to that show. I got a really great lineup. Julie Solar, like I mentioned from Story Slam Oakland, is going to be on there, and uh, I've known her for a couple of years. She she's really encouraged me, and she's helped me out. And uh, one time I even won like a $50 gift certificate for a flotation in Oakland. Somebody's on the phone. I wonder if it's Gail and if she's feeling sweet. We shall see. Stay tuned. Put her on. Yeah, that's the thing. You never even bother to learn anything about us on our end. It's all about you and getting things off your chest. So it is a little frustrating sometimes. Thank you. Um, we're discussing storytelling today. Yeah, as an art form. And it's, yeah, the show's around the Bay Area. Do you have anything playing? Yeah, the music's playing. Oh, there you go. All right, that was sweet, Gail. Um, sometimes I'm in the mood to chat, sometimes I'm not. But yeah, courtesy of manners, I'm working on that. I'm not very good at them. I used to be when I was young. I was such a nice little Jewish kid. And then the Wolfman bit me. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! The Wolfman got stolen. It's Wolf. It's Wolfowitz, dude. Dude, they're remaking American Werewolf in London. Are you serious? Yeah, with the the director producer's uh, son, um, the guy that did all the special effects. So, um, so it, I, th- I think it's going to be called the Mexican-American Werewolf in London. They already yeah. made one of those. It was like a, a weird sequel. It was the Chupacabra on the loose oh, in Texas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I never actually saw it. I wanted to. See, now I want to watch it. <laughs> but I remember, the only Chupacabras I remember was on X-Files. They had an X-Files episode of Chupacabras. Do you remember that at all? Because I was never really an X-Files fan. Oh. I, I never really watched it. Come on, man. Yeah. You needed to know, man. Come on. Truth's out there. It's or out in there. here. In here. Oh. <laughs> We're here at the workshop. Yeah, we're getting sketchy here at Mutiny Radio. I'm Stolowitz, that's Faco, and uh, talking about storytelling today, and uh, what makes it different from stand-up comedy, and tips and tricks if you're going to be on a storytelling show. Uh, I, myself, am getting ready for The Moth. It's going to be hosted by Omar Qureshi this month in San Francisco on the 27th, I believe. So it is an open mic format from what I understand. I don't know if there's a cover charge, but I'm ready to pay it. (laughs) And uh, I'm trying to get my stuff together so I'll have a solid story set when I go up. Now, I've listened to The Moth on on podcasts. That's how a lot of people know them. They pick, like, the best of their material for that. And The Moth was... 
instrumental in the whole storytelling scene. A lot of people have copied its format. So usually there is a theme for the evening at storytelling shows. This uh, can be suggested by participants, but it's usually picked by the host in advance. It may have something to do with uh, current events or the time of year. So for example, a love show around Valentine's Day. Um, sometimes it's just themes that the, the host is exploring. So with Story Slam Oakland, we've had lots of cool themes. There's been uh, love, drugs, um, sex, violence, uh, cats and dogs, things like that. So you could go all over the spectrum. And uh, you don't want to pick something too obscure for a theme. Try to pick relatable subjects that most people can identify with or at least find really interesting. Again, the keyword is interesting with stories. So um, my theme that I picked for our storytelling show is irony because I've had a lot of it in my life lately. You had any irony going on, Faco? Irony going on? Yeah. Like what? Like something's strange is happening? You know, ironic? Like, explain to me ironic. You're ironic. Man. Uh, <laughs> so it, it means something happens in a, a way that makes it funny for contradicting itself. Oh. So oh. you remember like yeah. Atlantis Morissette song? Yeah. A traffic jam when you're already late to no smoking sign on your cigarette break. <laughs> like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. It's meeting the man of my dreams and then meeting his beautiful wife. <laughs> Dude, I'm happy, but I'm sad. That one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so I, I did radio. I'm doing radio for a long time. You want to know something funny that happened to me like that? Sure. Um, so someone complained to when I was doing radio at a station that I was playing mainstream like i played a mainstream artist like let's say i played mariah carey okay we're not supposed to play uh mainstream commercial hits it's supposed to be the underground sound you know okay. like un independent artists so you so. were indie enough yeah okay so anyways i go and i talk to the program director i go to his shift and he's in trouble and he's going hey, look man you can't do this okay you know this is an underground sound you know, it's independent musical 24-7, right? And as he's yelling at me, telling me this, he's doing his show, right? And he's playing, you know, like Public Enemy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, it was just funny. I didn't even call him out on it. I just thought, well, that's, this is ironic. You it know what is, say? yeah. <laughs> I didn't even call it out. This is supposed to be hilarious. free speech radio. I can't yeah. play what I want. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and what's it called? Um, yeah, and uh, it was just funny that, that that happened. You know what I'm saying? It I didn't is. say anything. I didn't get mad at him. I was just like, okay, this yeah. is cool. And this that is, cool. is a good story. That yeah. was about five minutes. Right now? Yeah. No way. I, that must have been like a minute and a half. Oh, that's short, huh? <laughs> okay. I guess I could stretch it out. You know what I'm saying? You like, can if you were to go into a theme or details. Know, the lightning hit the clock tower. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could go like that. You know what I'm saying? But and that's like a, a story of irony. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it was my program director, but everything was cool. It's not like he told, "Hey, you're you're uh, suspended." He was. He just told me, "Hey, don't do this." Mm -hmm. So it's not like he was too harsh. You know. Okay. Yeah, man, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. So, like, um, when you're selecting a story for the theme, 
I mean, you, you intuited. You didn't maybe understand what irony was when we first started talking, but you got it right away, and you were able to relate to it. You found something. Right. So, um... When you lay it out, it's kind of like writing an essay for school, if you were ever good at that. But you don't have to follow a million rules as far as punctuation and grammar and stuff. You have a lot more freedom because storytelling is visual as well as auditory. So you can use your body to emphasize or uh, illustrate different points in your story. And it adds a whole other dimension. Uh, Some cultures use their hands more than others. Yeah. Jews love using their hands when they talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot of a lot of people do. Um, the pausing, I think, is even is even is greater in storytelling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, for effect. For effect to you know catch up everyone to um, you know stuff like that. You know, you know. And then he told me. There's no more fries. <laughs> <laughs> Good. In that case, he used it as a setup. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, Clever. So, I'm about to call the... Yeah, storytelling's cool, man. It, like, it, it's almost like, you know, the restraints are off. You can say whatever you want. Uh-huh. Make it all relatable. Details, right? Yeah. It's important not to go off topic and get distracted because... There's lots of different interesting details you can use, but even if they're interesting, do they, you know, help explain your your premise, or are they wandering off into a tangent? So, Gail, I mean, sweet and lovely as she is, goes on many tangents, which is one of the reasons why people get frustrated with her. Um, I haven't talked to her yet. No. No. So. Uh, but shout outs to her. Yeah. She called you up. She did. You know. And that was the second time for one show. That's pretty uh-huh. good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk more in the future. We'll see how it goes. We will be. Yeah. So if we're doing, like, say, a story on irony, and uh, we're going through the first few minutes illustrating examples in our life, building a background, um, a point of reference, a focus, and a direction, it's not going to make any sense to jump off and talk about, like, chocolates, unless they're ironic, you know? Right, right. Okay, so you stay focused, you carry the, the thesis through mm-hmm. um, to the end, and you use all your tools in order to illustrate your story. So by the end of it, as you're wrapping things up into a conclusion, it's succinct, it's powerful, you haven't gone over the light, yeah, and uh, you've delivered something poignant. Right. And it's also good, you know, like, to think about it, like, like you know, the good thing about storytelling is, like, you know, it's like when you're talking to your friends, you know, and you're telling them a story, right? It's very, you you know, you can do it. Anybody can do it. You do it if you think about it like that, you know, and um, and it'll help you. I don't think it necessarily in comedy doesn't help you. Like, you do something funny to your friends, that doesn't actually translate that. That joke is funny on stage, like doing stand-up. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe it more doesn't. for sketch or improv. Yeah, you, it, you, you know, but you can't really do that. But in storytelling, you can because you tell your friends the whole story. And that's what you do, you know? And that's just the storytelling. So it'll help you. You know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. it's, and a lot of the tools from that helps you in the storytelling. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so anybody can do it. And as long as you're just talking to them like your normal people, you know? Hey. Exactly. Yeah. 
So yeah, when you are in front of an audience with stand-up, it, it's good to just relate to them as people. You don't have to imagine they're so different from you. I mean, unless you're talking about something really obscure that most of them won't get. Um, you know, if you have a topic that's relatable, then they're there. And also, storytelling audiences tend to be uh, more focused. They, they give more time. They're willing to give people a longer time to explain themselves or make a, a point without, you know, yelling out, Say something funny! Or, you know, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a storyteller's show get heckled, and if it did, that person got escorted out pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, that's a good thing. I yeah. haven't seen that, uh, at least my eyes, with a storytelling. Yeah. Or even if they had somebody say something, they wasn't, the guy wasn't saying yeah. negative. They're not always clean either. You have dirty shows, but oh, they, yeah. they warn people in advance. So what's the term now for the grown and sexy? That's the term. For the grown and sexy crowd, yeah. Sexy crowd. <laughs> um, the key, though, is if you are going to get dirty, you need to make it worth it in order to make the points in your story. So is it interesting or are you just being gross for gross's sake? So a story about sex could be really wonderful if it's exciting or funny or strange or even sad. But if it's just porn, I mean, any of us can look that up on the internet. Dude, porn. <laughs> take it to another place or anything. <laughs> that we're talking about comedy stories. <laughs> well, so a comedic storytelling session. Say you're going to tell a funny story. And this doesn't have to be at a storytelling show. It could be at a showcase or an open mic. Um, any tips for that? Um, tips for... A funny story. Uh, any funny story? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, smile, right? Smile. <laughs> I think that's a yeah. good one. Smile. Sure. Don't, don't be, excited, be, I'm suicidal be comic. I hate my life. Yeah. <laughs> be excited. You know, I get a stare. Enthusiasm. Yeah, that's yeah. important. Enthusiasm. Like, you want it. Like, you got this fucking story from God himself, man. <laughs> and you're going to tell him. See, I, he told me, man. I got to tell you this. That You got to have, like, that kind of belief. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, conviction. Yeah, man. So I didn't do that, and, and you know, people always. Uh, I used to always think too, like, oh, it's honest, it's honest, it's gotta be honest, it's funny, and that's cool. And storytelling, honest, is the best, right? Yeah. Honest. That's the whole point. Almost, and truth is stranger than fiction. You don't have to lie. Yeah. What's Uncle Dave always say? I ain't got to lie to kick it. Yeah, you ain't got to lie to kick it. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. Ain't nothing but chewed up grass. <laughs> it's not what you do. It's how you do yeah. it. Stop. Look. Listen. listen. <laughs> Uncle Dave. Everybody knows his quotes. <laughs> they're classic 70s lines, actually. Yeah. He just compiled them. And they're the best Very so bad. it's fine he's got his thing yeah, i owe him i owe him dude he gave me some girl scout cookies yeah like, legitimate girl Aww. scout cookies <laughs> i took a, almost like two rows <laughs> which ones oh it was peanut butter chocolate oh it was the best oh. jagalongs oh. yes oh, i'm hopping this fucking table right now <laughs> yeah dude yeah so yeah i owe him a beer and um yeah we talked about uncle dave right stop rick listen yeah you're listening to mutiny radio.fm i am david stolowitz here in the studio with Faco, getting sketchy talking about storytelling as an art form and uh when to integrate it into a comedy set so 
Now, if you're not going to have a, a punchline kind of format, it's okay to tell funny stories, but you have to get to the point pretty quick if you're going to be at a comedy scene. So you, you can't get off into Neverland and people will be like, where is this going? Yeah. Do you remember any uh, really funny sets you told stories at, Faco? Because you have a lot of good ones. Yeah, man, uh, I do. Um... Like I said, I your your uh, your showcase. Uh I told I thought one of my favorite stories, dude. <laughs> but I don't know if I should tell it now. Okay, but I, I mean, like a, as a at a comedy show, have you ever just told stories? I tried, and some people, I, I some people go, "Come on, you know, uh-huh. it's a hey, comedy the volleyball kid. And you can't just keep setting, <laughs> you know." Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't keep setting, kid. <laughs> you gotta spike it down sometimes. Ah, okay. So. Yes, we got to get to the point if it's during yeah. a comedy set. But this is just like, you know, general, you know, comedy tips because there's no, you know, wrong way to do comedy. You know what I'm saying? You're going to do it. And some motherfuckers are so lucky they don't need punchlines, dude. Some guys are just funny, dude. That's true. Can you think of any oh, comedic e- storytellers? Enoch. Yeah. Enoch. Enoch. Yeah, Enoch. Yeah, dude. Enoch. Karachailak, I think Karachailak. I hope I got it. <laughs> it's hard to say the Turkish. But uh, he's great, dude. He has a uh, natural delivery. Everything is just very natural. And he he's done. He's one moth too. Ah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. I saw that. He's done really good. He's really good. He had like a showcase in Fremont, and he did great, dude. At Slapface Coffee and Tea, excuse me. For the plug, but hey, first Saturdays of every month. Oh, it's a great show, and you pack it out, don't you? Fuck yeah, up? we try, man. You know what I'm saying? We put the word out, and they come, dude. It's then it's pretty cool. Or we just stay consistent for Saturday. Yeah, two um, stories, great coffee, great coffee. They got uh, ice cream, water, water. <laughs> whatever your deal is, yeah. man. Woo, <laughs> 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 woo. <laughs> and um. Yeah, man, he's good, good storyteller. Victor Cruz Perez is a good storyteller. Yes. He's in San Jose. He's a good storyteller. Mean Dave is a good storyteller. Oh yeah, his are so funny. Yeah. And he's just talking about his own life, you know. Yeah, man, and he's great at it, dude. And he, uh, that's a good guy around here. That's a, a good storyteller. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's pretty cool. Uh, Mighty Mike McGee's a good storyteller. He's from San Jose, and. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of people out there, man. Okay. Uh, We're going to take a break for a little bit. Uh, I'll turn on some comedy writer interviews for you all to enjoy while I take some food. Stay tuned. A man, a journalist, by the name Rob Walker, wanted to find out is, is storytelling really the most powerful tool of all? And in order to do this, 
He went on his computer and he bought 200 objects from eBay. And the average price of the objects were about $1. He then called 200 authors and he asked them, hey, would you like to be part of the significant object study? Which means that I would like you to write a story to one of the objects. And 200 authors said yes. So there he had 200 objects, he had 200 stories, and I assume that it was with nail-biting anticipation that he went on eBay again with all the 200 objects. Would there be a difference? Would there be a change? Do you think there was a change? One of the objects was this, this beautiful horse's head. There we go. The beautiful horse's head. Now this beautiful horse's head was bought for 99 cents and was sold when the story was added for $62.95. That is a slight increase of 6,395%. So was this a one-off situation? Not really, because he bought the 200 objects for a total of $129, selling them for $8,000. Now that's insane. But you know what's even more intellectually challenging to understand is how can you and I go to the movies and pay good money to watch movies like James Bond who are absolutely unrealistic. And we sit there, we enjoy the movie, and some of us, we really enjoy the movie. And we leave the theater going like, God, what a man. <laughs> I would like to be more like him. I'd like to walk like him. I'd like to talk like him. I like Bond. Wonder how I could be more like Bond. And then this weird revelation hits you like from nowhere and you come up with a brilliant idea to walk to a watchmaker shop. And wow, it just happens to be an Omega watch in that shop that resembles the one that Bond was wearing in the movie. And you pay $10,000 to put that watch on your wrist and you leave that store feeling more like Bond. How is that possible? PQ Media tells us that $10.5 billion is turned over in product placement revenue every single year. How is it possible for you to be so easily tricked by something so simple as a story? Because you are tricked. Well, it all comes down to one core thing and that is emotional investment. The more emotionally invested you are in anything in your life, the less critical and the less objectively observant you become. And the greatest emotional investment of all is falling in love. Now, falling in love resembles a good story. Do you remember the last time you fell in love? Do you? Good for you. It's a beautiful feeling, isn't it? Do you remember how you longed and how you yearned and how you dreamt? And then you looked at her and maybe you thought, God, I love the way you chew that apple. <laughs> so crunchy. <laughs> oh, and the way you slurp that tea just over the edge, you know. <laughs> oh, it's so sexy. Love it. And then about 13 months later when you biochemically fall in out of love, 13 months later, on an average, you fall out of love. Suddenly, you find yourself sitting in the sofa, and you go, Jesus Christ, where did this thing come from? Oh my God, and where are my friends? This is a weird thing. And then suddenly, you hear a sound. You go like, what's that? 
And you go over to the kitchen and you look and you go like, oh, it's you. You're eating an apple there. <laughs> Could you just keep that down just a little bit? Yeah, you're kind of spraying the table there. Please, please don't. And you sit down comfortably again and just a minute later you hear somebody drinking tea from the kitchen going <laughs> and suddenly this is all annoying to you. Have you been there? Sadly enough. 30 months later, our critical thinking and our cortex comes home from a one-year-long vacation, and we start questioning things. Now, during those 30 months, what happened was that your brain was flooded with neurotransmitters and hormones, hijacking your cortex, throwing your objectively observant skills out of the window. And the thing with the storytelling is that the same thing can happen. In stories, the same hormones and neurotransmitters can be released. Hormones like vasopressin, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, endorphins. And do you know what? That's what I would like to do during my talk. I would like to induce three hormones into your brain. I call it the angel's cocktail, so it's a nice cocktail. I would like to start with radically increasing your dopamine levels. And I, I need your consent on this. Is that okay? Yes. Cool. And if you don't like the idea of that, you'll just have to cover your ears. So dopamine, this is what it looks like. And when you have that in your blood, these are the beautiful effects. You get more focus, more motivation, and you remember things in a better way. So what does dopamine feel like? It feels like this. About six years ago, I received a phone call from a woman who represented one of the biggest training companies in Scandinavia, and she said, hey, David, we've got a lot of trainers in presentation skills and in rhetorics, and we would like to increase the level of all of these. And we think you are a perfect pick. Would you like to come to a meeting? I'm like, wow, I'm honored. I'd love to. And I come up to Stockholm, and I'm going to their office, and just as I am going to pull the handle down, what I don't know then is that I'm walking into one of the absolute worst meetings I am ever going to have in my life. But I don't know that yet, so it's okay. I open the door, and I meet this woman. Her name is Liana. And hurriedly she says, David, just so you know, I'm not the one you're going to have this meeting with. You're going to have it with three gentlemen uh, further on here. And I'm like, okay, that's a bit strange. Uh, usually you know who you're going to have the meeting with. And then she progresses with a bit of chit-chatting, and then suddenly she says, are you, are you ready now? And I'm like, yeah, what should I be ready for? <laughs> and then she says, just so you know, can you see the room over there? And I go like, yes, I can see it. Well, in that room, you have the three gentlemen. Just so you know, they're all majority owners of this company. They've all got an ex-military background, and uh, none of them wants the training that you are going to pitch. <laughs> I'm like, come on, why am I here? And it's like, well, all the trainers want this, but the management are on two high horses. They can't see that they need it. So it's pretty simple. The only thing you have to do is go in there and, and kind of, you know, just prove the opposite. I'm like, yeah, that sounds simple, doesn't it? And I can remember myself. I'm walking towards this office. My sweat is coming down my palms. My heart is racing. And just halfway there, uh, she calls my name. And I still, to this day, don't know if this woman is sadomasochistic or just downright unintelligent. <laughs> because she calls my name and she goes like, David, and it's like I'm gonna get a tip, you know, something like that. So I turn around to ask her, go like, and she says the following. 
And if I don't tell you what she says there, is that annoying? <laughs> well, actually, as an example, I'm not going to do that. I just wanted to prove to you what it feels with high dopamine levels. Would you say that your focus was increased? Your attention was increased? You were creative, you created situations around this, and you probably already figured out what that room looked like, correct? And you remember that I did that to you for quite a while. Now, the feeling you have there was high levels of dopamine, which is beautiful. So how do you do that? Well, what you do is you build suspense, you launch a cliffhanger, and the most beautiful thing of all is that all storytelling is, per definition, dopamine-creating because it's always something that we're waiting and expecting. So just imagine, just by using storytelling, you can get those techniques. You don't have to do a cliffhanger like I did. So that was the first hormone. I'd now like to go to oxytocin. Is that okay as well? I'll induce that. All right. The beautiful effects of oxytocin are the following. You become more generous, you trust me more, and you bond to me. Do you want to do that? All right. Right, so this was, uh, was nine months have passed, and uh, it was a planned cesarean. And the little brother, who was five years of age at that point of time, he was kind of really looking forward to what's going to happen. He was going to become a big brother. And he'd helped us pick out the wallpaper, he'd helped choose the bed linen. He'd even saved his own pocket money to buy a little stuffed animal which was placed on the pillowcase. And about two days before the planned cesarean, something happened. Something wasn't right. The parents couldn't, something was off. And the day before, there was simply no movement in the stomach. There was no heartbeat. You couldn't feel or hear anything at all. So the parents were rushed into hospital, lay down on a bed, and the doctor comes in, checks the stomach, looks at me and sees what I see, and that is that the heart is no longer beating for this child. This was me nine years ago. It was the worst thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I don't know, can you just imagine what you have to tell, a how you tell that to a five-year-old? Can you just imagine that? Because he's home there waiting anticipation for this coming event, but it won't happen. So part of me, and to handle that, I talk about it. And I've talked to you about it now. And now, you've got higher levels of oxytocin in your blood, whether you want it or not, which means that you feel more human. You're bonding to me, and you feel more relaxed. So how do you do that? In storytelling, you create empathy. So whatever character you build, you create empathy for that character. And oxytocin is the most beautiful hormone of all, because you feel human. Now the third and last hormone is endorphins, and I would like to show you a woman which we can say has overdosed on endorphins. Let's just look what that looks like. Oh, we'll go here. <laughs> to inspire and to respond. Are you speaking or listening? 
person. <laughs> to inspire and to respond. To inspire and to respond. And in all circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> and in all circumstances. Of our life together. <laughs> Our life together. To be loyal to you. With my whole life. With my whole life. And with all my being. And with all my being. Until death parts us. Until death parts us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the timing of that is so lousy, isn't it? So how do you create endorphins? Well, you make people laugh. What happens then is that they become more creative, they become more relaxed, and again they become more focused which is beautiful to have. Now all these three hormones that I've induced into your brain now is what I call the angel's cocktail. But there is an opposite of that cocktail, and I call that the devil's cocktail. And the devil's cocktail has high levels of cortisol and adrenaline. And they feel like this. Ah! <laughs> Sorry to do that to you. So high levels of cortisol and adrenaline. And the problem with that is that if you've got really high concentrations, which I didn't give you there, but when you've got high concentrations, look at this. Is this something that you want to have the people you talk to have in their blood, in their system? Now, in our stressful work lives, in our stressful lives, many times, when you present, when you communicate, when you deliver meetings, which one do you think they've drunk most of? The devil's cocktail or the angel's cocktail? Most commonly, the devil's cocktail. And the problem then is that you've got all this to work against. But all of that can change today. All of that can change by you starting to use something I call functional storytelling. And functional storytelling means that you do these three things. One, you have to understand that you don't have to be a bearded old man in front of a fireplace with a dark voice in order to be a great storyteller. In my experience, when I train people, everybody is a good storyteller from birth. The only problem is that you don't believe in it. The second thing is this, write down your stories. You'll notice that you have three to four times more stories in your life than you normally or than you thought that you had. Three, index those stories. Which of your stories make people laugh, i.e. create endorphins? Which makes people feel empathy, i.e. oxytocin? And the next time you go into a meeting, you pick the story you want to release the hormone you wish in the person that you're talking to to get exactly the desired effects that you want. And that's a beautiful thing. Now, you know me, some of you know me as Mr. Death by PowerPoint. And uh, I want to round off with making my point very clear. And my point is this. 100,000 years ago, we started developing our language. It's sound to say that we started using storytelling to transfer knowledge from generation to generation. 27,000 years ago, we started transferring knowledge from generation to generation through cave paintings. 3,500 years ago, we started transferring knowledge from generation to generation through text. 28 years ago, PowerPoint was born. Which one do you think our brain is mostly adapted to? Thank you very much.
You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. I'm David Stolowitz. I'm here with Faco. That was the magical science of storytelling at TED Talk from uh, Monterey. And uh, Faco's kind of skeptical about it. But I thought it was interesting. They were talking about uh, neurotransmitters and the chemistry of your brain and how comedy triggers uh, endorphins. Uh, whereas storytelling is more about oxytocin. And the key word he used was empathy. So storytelling helps us to relate to each other as human beings. It can humanize a subject or a person that might have otherwise seemed threatening, distant, or even exotic. Exotic. Ooh, so exotic. You remember something, Stolowitz. (laughs) (laughs) You want to know about storytelling and comedy? You, 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 You learn the big words. Okay? Okay. Like the serotonins. Yeah, but they are... And the monoxidils. It is too much if people don't understand it, right? Because if I just throw out big words that you don't get, you know, that that doesn't help with a story, right? It doesn't. Yeah, I can explain what they mean, but I got to make it quick. You do, a little bit. But you got to make it interesting more Exactly, yeah. You know? But anyways, I don't know. I'm just, like I said, I'm sorry. It's all right. A I'm lot a of hater. people don't like TV I'm a talks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> they do charge a lot for those events. You have to pay like $200, $300 a ticket. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like the, the best intellectuals and academics in the world, but it is a very small, closed circle. And you can watch it all for free on YouTube, basically, but not everybody's into it. A lot of the Silicon Valley folks are, though. They, oh. they look to it for advice and inspiration, <laughs> and they give the talks themselves. I wouldn't be surprised if Kathy Klotz guests ended up doing one, uh, one year. I thought she does do it, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. probably, because she's all into marketing and, and brand and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, she's cool. Uh huh. She's gonna be on a storytelling show too. Oh, on yours? Uh huh. No, so that's uh, when again? March seventeenth. It's Saturday. Saturday. Ooh. Eight to ten p.m. Wait, ten dollars. Hold on, hold on. What we St. Patrick's Day? Is it? March seventeenth. The Saturday? March seventeenth. Yeah. It's St. Patrick's Day. It is St. Patrick's Day, isn't it? That's probably why Cap had a uh, St. Patrick's Day concert. I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's St. Patrick's Day. Or isn't that the 10th? I always thought the 17th was St. Patrick's Day, but why am I thinking that? Well, let's find out. Find out. You know, I'm using Siri, when is St. Patrick's Day? Here we go. Dun, 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 dun. Patrick's Day is on Saturday, March 17, 2018. There we go. Okay. Fact check me. This well, hell, you know, storytelling is a good thing for St. Patty's Day. I mean, so, obviously we can't really drink here, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's perfect for the people who don't want to drink, too, you know? Yeah, they got to have that alternative. So there's an alternative right there. Boom. Mm-hmm. There you go. I think you just found out your, your theme for the yeah. uh, being sober. <laughs> but yeah. But it all that's pretty cool, man. You got a good show coming up. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. So, uh, Faco, you want to jump over to OMG today? Why not? Yeah. It's getting good. I'm trying to do some more promotion for them. Uh, Gallagher gave me permission to make some visuals and stuff, so I'll be scattering it around social media. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. OMG. 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 Oh. Ooh. 
Yeah. What's it called? Uh, the, the mic to hit. It's the mic to hit. Sixth Street. Every Sunday and Tuesday. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. And, um... Oh, uh, dude, this is the circuit. You could do this show, right? The comedy workshop, 4 to 6 p.m. Go to OMG on 6th Street. Do their mic. Go to the Punchline San Francisco. Then end up at the Milk Bar. For the late mic with Terry Dorsey. Terry Dorsey. Starts around 10. Goes into the wee wee. <laughs> This Terry does here. Heavyweight comedy is not I'm from Chicago. <laughs> Heavyweight comedy. I like Terry Dorsey, man. He's a good comedian, man. He knows. That's a good guy who's a storyteller, too. That guy's a storyteller, too. That's true. Terry Dorsey's a storyteller. You know? That's um, pretty good. It's pretty cool. It's biffy. Also, let me tell you a story about the Beauty Radio Comedy Festival coming up next month. March 1st through 5th, Thursday through Saturday from 6 to 11, and Sunday and Monday from 5 to 10. 37 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, live for 30 audience members, or, you know, podcasts are fun too, at mutinyradio.fm. But come out and see some of the shows live if you can, because it's a real treat. We're all friendly here, and we've been leveling up and getting slightly more funding and service. So the place is shaping up quite nicely. Uh, we have a rotating art gallery here with different stuff each month. Right now, it looks like dinosaurs are practicing voodoo. It's very postmodern. It is. Yes. And um, it's a lovely little performance space that you can enjoy for an intimate evening of comedy, fraternity, and fun. Check it out. Ooh. Yeah. It's awesome. So many comedians. So much time. So good time. So many suicidal insects. Oh, <laughs> suicidal insects. And look out for bees. Bees? Bees. They're like little terrorists, dude, in the sky, man. They will kill themselves to sting you, dude. Ah, okay. They're yeah. done. Yeah. And look out for the jihad or bihad. I'm sorry. Bihad, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm doing some material here. Oh, it's no. a workshop. Oh, no, you're welcome to do material here. Everybody is. If you want to do a set, you can, Faka. Oh, I don't know, man. I like just talking with you. It is fun, right? It is. Yeah. This is good, this is good uh, material we got, man. Yeah. You know, we got David Stigmatowitz. Yeah. Fuck old Davis Jr. dude. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here, man. And um, man, we've done a lot of mics together, David Stolowitz. Yes, we have, sir. Probably hundreds. <laughs> yeah, easily, man. All over the bay. Dude. I was thinking about that the other day in Monterey. I was at the Pink Flamingo, and uh, Chris let us write our own intros. She just handed us an index cards. So I'm like, I have done 500 odd dive bars from here to Sebastopol. <laughs> <laughs> you went to, have you been to the Sebastopol, Mike, on Sundays? The Hot, hot Monk? Hot Monk, yeah. I'd like to go back. Yeah, it's a good spot, dude. It's great, man. I only went there once. Who was that with? Uh, Dave Zagnoni. And it was pretty fun, dude. You know? It was grooving. Grooving. Yeah. Monterey, Pink Flamingo, that's tight. Yeah, I'm really enjoying that place. I like working with the owner. There's a whole new comedy scene growing up there, so it's exciting to be a part of it. 
that's sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Some people just go on the fly. They try to freestyle. They will die or they won't. You know. Oh, not bad. I made it like five seconds. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was actually pretty. That was pretty good. Still. I got inspired. Zorba Woo. was doing great the other week. Zorba could flow easily. Yeah. Reggie shorter. Mm-hmm. But they've been practicing since they were kids, like nine years old. Oh, serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they were. Uh, I think one day in full force. You ever turn that back? Full force? No. Yeah. What's that? I think Zorba was in that one. I could <laughs> be wrong, though, dude. <laughs> but yeah, Zorba's cool, man. And, uh, what's it called? Um, what? Ooh, I like that change right there. <laughs> <laughs> Transition. Transitions. Yeah. But uh, it's it's crazy, man. Just doing this whole stand-up thing. Sometimes I feel why, like, why am I doing it? Otherwise, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I was in Los Banos yesterday, and they showed a lot of love over there, man. They're really cool, and uh, got some got some food. They got a new uh, kitchen now there. They make pizzas and dogs. What's the venue name? Uh, Paraiso Brewery. Excelente. Excelente. And um, it's in Los Banos or Los Banos, you know, the baths. Yeah. <laughs> That's Paco smoking in the shower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of old people always tell me they used to smoke in the shower. I never have. Have you? My, Augustine does it. Really? Yeah smoke but like if it's really wet outside he doesn't want to go out so he'll just like open the vent in the shower and smoke in there while he's showering no i don't oh. think he does it while he's showering although that'd be funny i was like oh some people told me they would smoke in the sh- in the in the shower as they were showering mm. sensual i know i'm like dude that wouldn't work with me because i smoke joys <laughs> well, i did that once but it's a different experience <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, yeah, man. But, um, you know, uh, weed tricks, uh, you could smoke in a freezer. You ever smoked in a freezer, like in a, like in a supermarket, in the freezer, or even the refrigerator? Why? I think the freezer. Why would you do that? You smoke and you can't, it doesn't smell. Like the ice? Or I guess it's so cold. I don't know where it is. Condenses but, it. Okay. You know, but it's, you know, it's, it doesn't stink. Okay. No one can tell. That's why everybody would go, let's smoke in the freezer, man. Uh. No one knows. <laughs> Too cool. I wonder, and that's where the freezer with the meats is. So does the smoke, the meat get into the, or the smoke get into the meat? Yeah, that's a good question. At least a little, right? Yeah, it has to. Right? Yeah. I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, wow, my dinner smells funky. It smells funky. It smells like, it smells like uh, Jamaican music. It smells like the reggae. Stole it. Oh. You played the reggae? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, um, what about playing to an audience? Like, like you ever played to like... Um, like an honest that like international people like, yeah wait wait yeah. you did a mic in mexico right no i didn't get to because oh. it wasn't the time for it 
I was there for like two weeks, and it happened to be like a week after I was leaving. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was a monthly thing. Oh. Yeah, so I just missed it. But uh, international folks, yeah, I had a few Brits in the audience before, but other than that, not really. The Brits. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess part of it is you can't really tell unless people have a strong accent, and even then, they might have lived here for years. So. I think when I played, what theater was that? It's an SF. Um, our little theater. Okay. You remember that? I've heard of it. They had a bunch of inter international students that would come, or an international tourist, because they was right there, and like almost like the. What was it, like financial district or uh, like financial tenderloin district, kind of like that area, you know? That's what, you know, so yeah. And a lot of them didn't know English. Of course, there was only like 10 of them, you know, but that's a crowd. <laughs> 10 of, of people that, you know, don't, not, English is not their first language. You got to see if it translates your jokes, you know? So the audience just didn't so even know English? Like, you know, they're limited English. Oh, okay. They're limited English. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that'd definitely be a, a challenge. Yeah, man. You'd have to rely entirely on physical or go to their language. Yeah, yeah. or just, you know, stick to the words that are pretty known, what would you, you know? Like, you, ever, you know, I'm sure they know the penis. <laughs> everybody yeah, knows the word penis, right? at first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, not everyone, but yeah, enough. You know, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, sure. I bet you they know the word penis, but uh, more than they know the word cock. Yeah. Think about that. Maybe. That's what I think it, penis is more well, universal. Well, it, it's Peña in... Peña? No, Peña. Peña. In Spanish. Is it Peña, Peña, or Peña? Peña, no. Uh, I call it Pekin. Pekin? <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard that yet. It's like a little one. It's like a, <laughs> a little, little, little cute one. <laughs> oh, Pinga. You. Be quiet. Yeah, it's my phone just warning me about open mics. So oh, it oh, does oh. That's not right. Ah, ah, ah. You know, there's so many different shows and, and things and comedy to keep track of. I get burnt out some nights. I just, I, I lie down in bed and it's totally silent and I just have a million things from the day going through my head about shows and things people said and plans and what did and didn't work and on and on and on it goes. It's like, I'm... I really advise people, you know, always take a break during the week. You know, if you want to grind six days, that's great, but don't go all seven because you got to get a breather. Yeah, yeah, it does help out to get a little breather here and there, man. Yeah. You know, too much of anything is just like... Exactly, which is why I think we don't have Saturday night open mics. That's usually just for showcases. Yeah. Uh, so. It'd be nice. Well, no, there's it? a few, but it's also good to have showcases. Dude, that's a good day for showcases, you know? Yeah. But it's nice to have a specific weekend day where people may not be working, at least. Uh. I mean, you know, I'm sure the, uh, whoever runs the Saturday open mic anywhere will have some people, you know? Yeah, they would. There's a lot of also, like, you know, people who, who like, weekend warriors, they can only do shit on the weekends. Uh. 
a mic on the weekends like they can do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or I don't know if it's a weekend one. You know, the people who just work a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And... <clears throat> I like, you know what shows I like? I like variety shows where there's a musician, there's a comedian, there's um, a poet. You know, I like those kind of shows. Yeah, me too. The mixed mics. The, but even just the showcases, you know what I'm saying? Do they like, do that very often? Uh, there's a few that do it. Yeah, there's a few that do it. You know, it's pretty cool. I like it. I like it. I'm st- starting to see it a little more. Where do you see it? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, I know Mighty Mike McGee runs it in San Jose. He runs a few at like a cafe. Not cafe. Forager. I forgot the name of it, but you can look up Mighty Mike McGee. And then uh, Tourette's does that shit too, right? Tourette's with regrets. Have you been to that yet? Not yet. Do you have to get booked for it? Yeah, you got to get booked. Okay. Yeah. I've heard good things. Yeah. It's in Oakland, right? It's in Oakland, and they pack it out like four or 500 people, dude. They're really good at it. And they've been uh, at, at least 15 years, maybe more. At least 10. I could know that for a fact. I, it's awesome. It's, it's an institution. It really is. And it's been around for a while. And I've been seeing more shows like... Uh, just uh, I think Jorge's doing now for JMS Podcast. He's doing a showcase Okay. with everything, you know. Um, you know, uh, every, every, every kind of art. Even paintings, I think, too. So I like all that shit. I like when when everybody just goes, hey, let's just throw everything on the table. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Every, Just boom. Let's go. Because yeah. it's awesome. You'd be surprised. Yeah. You know? But one thing I do notice about the All Artist Show is that they want people to stay for the whole time and support each other. And a lot of the comedians don't want to do that. They want to bounce. So, like, if they can't get up within 30 minutes at, like, let's say, Art Boutique, then out they go. <laughs> they just don't have the patience for it. Like, it's a time too. Yeah. You know, so much of this is time, man. Waiting. So many times you're waiting like 45 minutes before uh, just for an open mic. You know? Yeah. But you can get a lot done while you're waiting too. Yeah, you can. You still got to wait an hour though. But that's why it's tough, but hey, you just do it. You know, I'm trying to be changing like that. Like, I don't want to just get in and get out. I like that we stayed at the poet that whole time. Yeah. This poet and patriot is so great in Santa Cruz, guys. Go check it out Mondays in Santa Cruz. Poet and Patriot. It's run by Sam Weber, but he's got a lot of guest hosts lately, right? Yeah, because he went back to school, so he usually can't host anymore. You see a lot of great comics there. John Reinhardt, BJ Rankin, um, James Vergon. Some days. <laughs> Sorry, that was a dick no, thing. No, it's all right. funny too. <laughs> uh, BJ Rankin. B- hamburger. Yeah, dude. Hamburger with Cheese, the resident headliner. Oh, that guy's funny. And dude. if you stay till the end of the night, you get to throw coasters at Hamburger. It's a That's tradition. the best part of the night. I was throwing, I was aiming at his face. I was, dude, that was great. <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember I told you that, uh, we hanged out that night, remember? The high night, and we were hamburger. And then he's, you know, everybody throws coasters. He says, now this is the part of the time where everyone throws coasters at me, where everyone throwing at him, dude. And then we were on the ride home that night, and I told him, hey, man, you reminded me of Marilyn Manson. Do you remember that? I told you that? Yeah. And then he's like, why? He's like, because Marilyn Manson, uh, one time at a concert, told everyone to spit on him, <laughs> you know? And the whole front row was like, <laughs> it's just spitting at Marilyn Manson. 
Anyways, and then the next day, Marilyn Manson, or two days later, he had like Marilyn Manson, the artist, had like a meltdown <laughs> on stage. Did you see that? After the spit? No, no, this is after the story that I told him. Oh. Two days later. Wait, like, you mean the other week? So we were, no, like, we hanged out Monday, right? Yeah. I, I told him he reminded me of Marilyn Manson. Okay. Then two days later. On Wednesday. Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. You know, Marilyn Manson did a show and he had like a meltdown on stage. You yeah. cost a fuck. Oh, what you, t- you curse Marilyn Manson. Oh. <laughs> That's what it takes, man. You gotta, it's whoever like says this one time, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> And then that's when it starts, dude. That's his secret vulnerability. Oh. Pirate radio. <laughs> <laughs> With this one time at bad camp. <laughs> I had my rib removed. <laughs> they stole my candy. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude. I'm going to get that candy bar. You remember we talked about, you said about doing a mic at Yo Semity? Yeah. You remember that shit? Yeah, way back in the day. Not very feasible, yeah. though, now that I think about it. In addition to permits <laughs> and the small audience, you know, you just have safety issues, too. So I don't know if that, that was a romantic idea, but I don't know if it was a great one. I do want to still go camping out there sometime. With the generator. Yeah. <laughs> and a mic. Well, hell, I mean... Me and Og are gonna oh, yeah. trade up and get a new trailer. The, uh, we have to because ours is falling apart. It's leaking all over the shot? place. So my dad's gonna help us with that. He says we could get, you know, oh, yeah. 8K for the one we have. Play, I'm doubtful uh, though. But anyway, um, we'll get a new place. We could take it out and go camping with it. Oh. Yeah, take it for a ride. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be tight, man. Would be tight. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, one uh, um, my brother gave I me a call it, today, I book it. and uh, so I'm gonna and go see him the last songwriter. weekend of March. I'll be done with my class. So my parents are flying out there, but if you're interested in a road trip, Faco, look into it. Okay. Yeah. But you're gonna drive. Yeah. So, but you're gonna leave that weekend. How long are you gonna stay? Yeah. Well, we, I can decide, you know. Yeah, it's Flexible. like every other every other I'm month. Basically, on a couch night. surfing at my brother's place, but we can find somewhere else if you or some buddies want to get together for a road head or road trip or yeah. you know. That <laughs> 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 yeah, could be fun. <laughs> Colorado's very beautiful from what I hear, and they have lots of weed. It reminds me of like, I don't know, like it's 3,000 miles to Graceland, this movie. Yeah. We're all Elvis impersonators. <laughs> <laughs> How about the vocal? to that pirate we have on the break or be like our meaties listen to mutiny for the 500th time okay. we're, we're recording new ads but you know some are just classic uh, am i gonna wear headphones or are you just gonna talk to me anyway too? what else have i got on here uh i'll be on the brady holt show on february 22nd 
Uh, Modern Times Bookstore, I believe. No, wait. Bound Together. Oh, here's the other one. Modern Times is Barouche's place. Uh, oh, is it? <laughs> okay. Goodbye, Modern Times. Anyway, this one is Bound Together, so yeah, looks like I'll be there around mm, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Should be good. Brady does uh, a long segment out of YouTube, I believe. And he's an absurdist. He jumps all over the place. He was a guest here a couple weeks ago, so you got to enjoy him for a bit. And uh, we put together a really good episode back in the day when I was living in my car. Then Brady started living in his. So, uh, you know, Brady, it's like a lot of people think he's just an airhead, but he actually is a really deep thinker. And uh, he's a good photographer, and he's into nature and uh, health and fitness. And there's a lot I really love about that guy. So it's check uh, him out. That's I also the same night as Jazz Jam at Art Boutique in San Jose. Um, and there are things going on. I'll be at the Elks Lodge yeah. with Paul Brumbaugh in Redwood City on the 24th. Brumbo. Enjoy Brumbo. his yeah. show, The Edge of Insanity, every Sunday from noon to 2 here at MutinyRadio.fm. Mike Spiegelman is starting a monthly sketch show. Um, his first one is going to be Saturday, March 10th uh, from 8 to 10 p.m. It's part of the Friends of Mutiny series. And Spiegs is very talented at it. He was busting me up when he was here the other week working on Sketchfest stuff. Check him out. He and his buddy Colin, yeah, so they have a new group now. The pain in the ass. Um, was it The Undesirables, the I think it's called? Years. Yeah, you can find them on social media stuff. And uh, also, now, next month, moving, on Monday, March 12th, I will be roasting Warhol Kaufman at his show at Delirium here in SF. And there's a gigantic lineup of comedians to go with it. There's so yeah. many, I have to look it up. What's it, the date? Um, it is the 12th, Monday the 12th of March. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. 8.30? I think so. Here, let me no, see if it's like Nashville or Austin. Yeah, here it is. Um, 8 p.m. Uh, with Roman Leo, Tio Morgan, Emine Love, Journey Roberts, Zach motherfucking yeah. Wiseman, hell yeah, Woo. Hannah Evanson, Tracy yeah. Nguyen, Quinn Quintana, John Alcabez, who thinks I'm creepy, really? Matt Goobser, yeah. James Moira, and Jonah Pollock. And friends, goodness, that means there'll be even more of them. And I'm hosting all of this stuff. It really yeah. will be delirium. <laughs> You're hosting or roasting? Yeah, I'm, well, both. Yeah, oh. I'm hosting roasting. Yeah, went out there. Oh, okay, so it starts at 8? Yeah, 8 o'clock. And you're roasting Kaufman, Warhol? Kaufman? Yeah, he just asked me to roast him out of the blue. It was so yeah. random. Yeah. But I guess that's his style. Southern Illinois oh, is cheap. Uh, well, let's see. In addition, in the mes de abril, es orale. Comedia en español. Mi primero vez atento. Aside from the college. Bromas y chistes en español. Estoy no muy bien a español. Es de obvio, no. Pero más o menos será un gran show. Uh, raised in check Santa it out. <laughs> <laughs> Paco, you're a lot better at Spanish than I am. Did you grow up speaking it? You know, uh, yeah, I did, but it never like stuck on 100% like English did. Yeah? It was really weird. Interesting. So you got kind of a mix going on? We got a mix of it. Like
like I understood 40% of what you said. <laughs> just oh, okay. Kidding. Just kidding. No, I understood most of what you said. Okay. Okay. Th- 30% you is what the people in my class are telling me they're getting. So <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty good. I'll keep improving. <laughs> that works, yeah. So that's good, man. So, yeah, that's what it's about. Just keep doing it. And you said you might even go and stay and do some Spanish, yeah. you said, right? Yeah, this summer I'm looking for a summer job down in Mexico because I was told I need four to six months of immersion sure. to really get fluent. Um, yeah, and uh, San Jose is nice because there's so many Spanish speakers, but we also like have the Spanglish phenomenon going on, and and we code switch back and forth, so okay. not quite like the I same. I'd like to get out here sooner rather than later because I gotta, I gotta, I gotta move all. <laughs> my wife and I have to move all. Paco, anywhere else you want to promote before we close things out? So you can come in tomorrow. Uh, you know, check Tuesday me out Friday mornings, 10 a.m. till noon yeah. then o'clock. The Four days later on Radio Valencia.fm. My show's called Spontaneous Innuendos. Check me out. I'm there Friday mornings, 10 a.m. Radio Valencia.fm. And uh, you can also check me out on first Saturdays of every month at Slapface Coffee and Tea in Fremont. That's in Fremont, the city of Fremont. Slapface Coffee and Tea. First Saturday of every month, 8.30 p.m., comedy night. I host it. Come on through. That's all I got for you. Yeah, that's all right. Folks, we gave you a lot of great shows to check out all over the Bay Area and beyond. Get off Netflix and go meet some people, will ya? I, I mean, really, do you need to watch a seven special on El Chapo? Please, come support us, all right? He's so fascinating. <laughs> Thank you so much, San Francisco. You have a great night. Playing actually October third is. Uh, do you ever heard of Maurice Tanny? Maurice Tanny. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's a good friend of mine. We're doing a show together, me, him, and Joe Rutt in Berkeley in October, October third. But Maurice is great, yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's why, because uh, I'm not going to hear the country that I really like out there. Yeah. We were just talking about this the other night, my wife and I. Current country just sucks, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The world, man. Yeah. I was toast. I've heard of them. I haven't heard of stuff. Comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, yeah. vinyl to gutter pump. Yeah. Mutiny Radio FM has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to yeah. offer you. 
I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody, <laughs> listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. Yeah. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the weekly review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Yeah. Really? He's pretty old now, right? <laughs> uh, well, it's, um, my friend John Gorka, he's got a great line. He says, uh, you know, country music is like cholesterol. There's good country music and there's bad country music. And check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So yeah. go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has yeah. to offer. That guy out of uh, Bakersfield. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as yeah, I'm trying to think of and, uh, the whole I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming field. in my vault of rare coins uh, Dwight and Yoko. piles and piles oh, of yeah, filthy yeah. cash, I can't yeah. help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's yeah. books the best of San Francisco oh, and Beyond's white. Underground it's Comics, it's a great showcase, and okay. they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy yeah. for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to laugh it off for a mere five dollars <laughs> is indubitable. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. <laughs> you can simply download the podcast post-show yeah. and feel the comfort of anyone, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcasts.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host, Pam Benjamin, brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. All right.